What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. All right, Russ, what was it like being the bad cop today? Well, you're going to hear me being on the other side of the conversation today, which was a little weird, Joey, because to be honest, I just watched The Matrix with my two oldest daughters. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, I'm, I'm showing them the red pill, you mm, know, mm. say so you, you want to take the red pill. You want to opt out. <laughs> and I thought, you know, as I was playing bad cop, I felt a little bit like the guy from The Matrix, uh, Cypher, I think it was his name. I I don't know what his stage name is or real name, Joe Pantalonia or something like that. He's the guy from Goonies. He's one of the bad brothers from Goonies. Okay, okay, I'm with you. If, if you're following who I am. But in the movie, The Matrix, he has opted out, right? He's one of the good guys. He's there with Neo and Morpheus and Trinity. And all of a sudden, he's decided he wants to, he's going to go back, right? He's going to change his life. He's going to go back to the his old ways. Mm. And he gives up his buddies. He gives them up to the... Um, to the cops, what, what, were the, what were they called? I forgot what they're called. I don't remember. Uh, there, there was a name for those guys. Ugh, forget that. Well, the enforcers or whatever, the agents, the agents. He gives them up to the agents. Well, I felt like Cypher in that situation where I had been on the good side, and now I am sitting there questioning you three and challenging you as the best I could to answer my questions, to help me understand why would I want to pay pay interest on my own money? Well, I think if you have been listening to us for any amount of time or been looking into infinite banking for any amount of time, this is one of the most paramount topics that could be standing in your way. I, I remember for me, Russ, like this was a hurdle because I didn't believe that my cash had a cost. And so in today's episode, I love you challenging it because to me, that brings out the truth. Mm -hmm. That brings out people being able, having to stand behind why it's not just an idea. Like there's actually way more behind it. And, and if you've been on that fence, you've been stuck and this helps you get down that path. You need to set up a call with one of our coaches. How do they do that Russ? Go to wealthwallstreet.com forward slash free call. And if you want to, as part of this round table, we always call people to action because at the end of every round table, we have an inner circle. The inner circle is where people are actually doing this. Not just coaches, but people just like you who are taking action using this foundational tool to get to financial freedom. That's where you get to interact with them. You get the benefit of being able to have a community of people, even if the community of people doesn't reside around you where you are. And if you're skeptical, you have questions like this, come in there. Take advantage of the seven-day free trial. So go to wealthwallstreet.com forward slash inner circle. And not only can you watch this replay, you can get access to the spreadsheet that we put in here to help you see why paying cash actually costs a lot more money than using the infinite banking policy does, taking a, a line straight out of Nelson Nash's book from the chapter, why, uh, but can I get a higher rate of return? We go through that and help you get closer to what you want. So 
let's get in this round table, Joey. And I want to, I, I hate that I'm playing bad cop, but I'm pounding you guys. And I love that part of it. So <laughs> let's belly up. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome into the IBC Roundtable, where each week we go deeper and deeper into your favorite subject, the infinite banking concept. I am one of your hosts, the idea guy, Mr. Russ Morgan, and I'm sitting around the table with the best coaches in the infinite banking world to help you understand how this concept works and how it gets you closer to financial freedom. To my right, let me bring in the Italian stallion, Mr. Joey Murray. What's up, Joey? Hey, hey, I'm ready to go. Are you? I'm board ready, man. Absolutely. You're a little lippy in the pre-show. <clears throat> just just wait till you see what, what else I got. All right. Well, today is going to be my turn to ask questions. Mm. And I'm going to play, be playing devil's advocate for today's topic. Why would I pay interest on my own money? You, you ready? I'm ready. You better be. Now, you got backup, though. So this is going to be a one-on-three day. So to your right, I've got the Indiana Jones of Finance. Mr. Downtown Ernie Brown. What's up, Ernie? What's up, Russ? Have uh, you seen my back? <laughs> I have not. I, I mean, the back of your shirt? Like, yes, but like your actual physical back? That's I, right. No, I, I don't think so. Joey has got back up. Let me just say. Ah, he's got back. Baby got back. Wow. <laughs> we need to stop before we <laughs> begin on this. Deal. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what you guys have been doing, but Mark, we're going to leave them to a room to themselves and we'll, we'll come over to your end, man. Uh, how are you, Mr. Mark, the Gooch, the resident pilot? How are you today, man? Pretty good. I, I kind of feel like I need to back up into the bamboo for safety. Um, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> what is it like the Homer Simpson gif where he like backs into the, uh, the, the hedge. hedgerow? Yep. <laughs> I, I feel like that too. Like you, you and I had a little one-on-one time. We, we went at skiing last week, man. That was a little, that was a fun time. Dude, uh, mission accomplished. Everybody walked off the mountain under their own power. Very to me, much that's so. Trip. Not, not that we didn't try to do some dumb stuff. We, we, we did not act our age, I don't think. Yeah, and, and not that we didn't see other people be helped off the mountain. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Somebody we knew had to slide down the mountain without skis. <laughs> so uh, there, there's always different ways to get down the mountain. But all right, so let's get to today's topic. I, I hear this question. I've heard this question for the last, I don't know, 10 or 11 years. And I want to be the one asking of you, why? Please tell me why. If I had the chance to do other things, why would I pay interest on my own money? Who are you, who are you asking? Okay, me. I'll, I'll let, I'm going to let you guys fire in. Okay. Like one of you guys feel like you're inadequate in your ability to answer my questions. The other one jump in. But just be prepared. I'm coming back. I'm the, You better fight hard today. Rapid fire. Okay. First of all, Russ, here's what I've learned over the years. And it wasn't clear until probably fairly recently. 
the actual investor, the person who knows how to take money and create cash flows that come back towards them, virtually never asks this question. Okay. Why, why is that? Because here's the thing. When you think about infinite banking in light of using your own cash to go out and create cash flows, you know that you can either use your own cash and you understand other people's money. The, the idea or the, uh, the understanding of leverage increases your rate of return or your, your impact on your investment so much greater than using your own cash. So when you have the opportunity to utilize a policy loan against po your policy values growing for the rest of your life, you just get it. And I never understood that. I never understood why there was this discrepancy between people that were investors and people that weren't, but it's become very clear in the last several years. All right, Ernie, I'll let you, you have a first swipe across the bow at that question before I go deeper. Well, I agree with that. And so my thought would be then the type of person who does ask that question, it does happen somewhat often. It becomes an issue actually, as we're discussing this concept and we get the idea that we're implementing infinite banking concept, we're using whole life insurance policies, we're borrowing against the cash value. Wait a second, what? We're, we're taking a loan? Oh, well, I would just use my own money, right? Why would, I, why would, I, why would I take a loan? And so that conversation does come up. And so I agree with Joey's point that for the person who's already actively investing has some history, making use of other people's money, that is less of an issue. But I think that's, that's where it comes up. Okay. Mark, initial take on it. I think we've got to reframe our thought process. If you're asking the question, why would I pay interest on your money? We've missed one of the pivotal and key pieces that, that both Joey and, and Ernie have mentioned here, which is you are not borrowing your money. If you came to me and said, hey, Mark, can I borrow five grand, 10 grand, whatever? There is no way I'm going to let you borrow that money for free, even if you're family. So Russ, <laughs> don't even think about it. <laughs> There's a charge. And so when we stop and we think about that for a second, whose money are we borrowing? We have deposited our dollars into this life insurance policy. It is now stored there for safekeeping. When it's time to exercise a loan, whose money are we borrowing? We're borrowing the life insurance company's money. So do you think they're gonna lend us their money for free? Absolutely yeah. not. So when we stop, and in my opinion, if we can break those pieces out, and now we finally see where the money is coming from, well, of course there's gonna be a charge for that. But that charge, in my opinion, is a small price to pay, a down payment, for allowing my personal dollars to continue growing, compounding, uninterrupted. All right, so you guys have made some, you know, points. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to agree with them yet. I, I'm just trying to figure this out. If I have cash and I go invest into a turnkey rental property, we were sitting there on a um, conversation just a second ago, Joey, with a, a turnkey rental company, and this question came up after that discussion was, hey, could you show me an example of using a policy loan to buy this turnkey rental? And the first thing I think of, well, why would you just pay cash for it? If I pay cash, I don't have to pay anybody interest. 
Well, and I think that was going to be my second thing that I was going to mention to you, Russ. If you're going to ask the question, like, why would I pay interest on my money? Then what it reveals to me is that you don't understand that you already are paying interest. What do you mean? So when you pay cash for something, you are, and this is, I'm neither one, neither Russ nor I or anybody else in this room are, are this smart. We're just borrowing ideas, right? Nelson Nash said, here's what you understand. You, either, you finance everything that you buy. You either pay interest to somebody else for the use of their money, or you give up interest for the use of your money. That's opportunity cost. And I, uh, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Opportunity cost is the largest bill you've never received in the mail, right? You've never gotten something that says how much you, it charged you, but it literally is an absorbent amount of money over your lifetime. If you could have left that money at work, instead of removing it from the vehicle by which it's earning interest, that is opportunity cost. Well, but don't I have opportunity costs on the interest that I pay the insurance company? As far as the monthly payment for that interest? Whatever interest. If, I, if I, You're saying I have opportunity costs because I did, because I used my cash. I gave up what it could have earned. And so my comeback to you is, but don't I have, I mean, opportunity costs exist on both sides of the equation. Don't I have opportunity cost, Ernie, on the interest that I pay to the insurance company? Because that's not my money, is it? That, that money goes to the insurance company. It's not going to me. I know there's some people out there that make the mistake of saying, oh, you're getting to recapture all of this money. No, it, Mark's already said it. Like They're not lending free money. They're, they're charging an interest rate. So don't I, have to pay, don't I have to pay opportunity costs on that? You do. That's right. But think from the insurance company perspective as well. So do they. They had a pool of cash sitting and they allowed you to borrow out of that pool of cash. So you are paying them interest for the use of the cash. They could have taken that money and put it into something else. And if they didn't lend it to you, they could have put it to work in one of their investments, Okay, but they didn't. They, they were required, by the way, to lend policy owners up to hundred percent of their cash value. So on our side, what you're saying, Russ, makes me think if we do take a loan against our insurance policy and pay interest to the insurance company, we better make sure it's for the right reason. Otherwise, we're going to be scratching there thinking about the cost of what else could I have done with this cash that either freed up a greater cash flow or create a bigger cash flow than what I'm using my policy for right now. So how do you, Mark, if you want to jump in on this question, I, I don't want to leave you alone uh, with, with the, these two guys. The, I mean, clearly, we've already discussed that on the front end of the show, but I, I would say... Like what, what is the right reason? What's a thing that makes sense for me to pay interest to the insurance company when I could have just simply used my own cash? How many investors do you know use their own cash to go and fund a deal? Or would they be more apt to borrow someone else's money to fund that deal? Well, but if I just had the cash, I would just use my own money. I mean, I, yeah, I, I love using other people's money and I've done that plenty as an investor, but if I have cash, I mean, it's literally just sitting here. I mean, I, why would I borrow money from another investor at 10, 20%, whatever they're, they're lending it to me at, if I could get it, it's earning nothing. Like, you know, that's the whole thing. It's burning a hole in my pocket. I got to get it out of there. Why would I pay someone else interest for it? Well, 
If it was me, I would definitely love to use someone else's money because I want to keep my dollars in reserve. I like to keep my cash safe and in a secure spot that if I need it, I can go ahead and get it. Now, if, if we're talking about would I use cash to go buy a long-term rental or would I use someone else's money to fund the down payment, right? If we're just talking about the down payment, $100,000 long-term rental, I got to come up with 25%. I got $25,000 in cash or I could go and borrow 25 grand. Well, if I'm being honest, right, an honest banker, like Nelson says, wouldn't I find out how much can that rental generate an in income? What are the expenses associated with that for management, maintenance, mortgage? And now I'm left over with the cash flow, right? Well, if I use my 25 grand and I take that, let's, let's just call it $400 in cash flow. If it's 25 grand and I give my cash and I get that 400 bucks, okay, great, that seems okay, but now I don't have my 25 grand, I've got no backstop. If I borrow the life insurance company's money and I find out, well, what would it cost me to borrow that 25 grand? Can I put that cost into the total cost of getting this long-term rental and have that long-term rental pay all the expenses as well as principal and interest back for that life insurance loan and I still get to walk away with cash? To me, that's a better deal because now I got the rental to completely pay for itself. I didn't have to use any of my dollars. So yes, there is a cost for borrowing that money, but if I can get someone else to pay that cost for me, now I can take my 25 grand and go deploy it somewhere else. And don't I get two, two actions for the price of one? Okay. I've heard enough about infinite banking. I'm pretty sure it's a fit for me and my family, Russ. How do I get started? Let's take that pretty sure and make it darn sure. The reason you do that is that you get clarity, Joe. You need to get on a 15-minute call with one of our coaches at westwellwallstreet.com forward slash free call. Then you'll know where you're starting from and where you're headed, and only then can you implement the infinite banking process. All right, so go to westwellwallstreet.com forward slash free call to get that 15-minute conversation, gain clarity. But now let's jump back into today's episode. All right, I'm pushing back on this though. So I have your, 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 the example you gave there was you had cash in an insurance policy, right? Or cash in a checking account, right? Where I get where you're borrowing the money from the insurance company and you're borrowing their money. But if so let's just for sake of this argument, we've got $25,000 of cash value. In Mark's example, I could go take a policy loan for $25,000, right? Well, could I go back and get, take out the $25,000 of my money in there? Because I borrowed their money. Can I go get my money in cash? No, you couldn't. So so I've, I'm, I'm basically using I mean, I don't have extra money. Right. Why, tell even, me again why it's a good deal. I just I still struggle with this. Your problem, Russ, what you were just describing to me <laughs> was that you were saying, I've got $25,000 in my bank account and it's earning me nothing. Oof. Man, what that's a huge problem. How does that feel? How can you have $25,000 in the bank doing nothing? Lazy dollars. What if you could put it into an insurance policy and earn over the lifetime of that policy a little bit better? Well, if you could do that, would you be okay now taking policy loans for the use of that cash, knowing that you were going to return it? And when you did, that long-term growth was unaffected. All you had to pay was the cost of using that cash 
So are, so are you guys trying to isolate basically the difference in this whole game is the difference between my cash earning little or nothing versus what it earns in the insurance policy? I'm saying that's a big problem. I'm not saying that's the whole deal, but that I think that's a big problem what you were just describing. All right. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to twit move a little bit here. So I, I want to talk about the rate, right? Because I don't quite understand what rate I'm going to pay when I borrow money from these insurance companies. Help me understand that. So the standard rates of the insurance companies that we work with are going to range between 4.4 and 5% in general. So I get to choose between those two? No, the company would, would dictate that to you. Are those fixed? Could they go up? They can adjust. Well, that doesn't seem like a good deal. Why? Well, because I don't like things go up. What happens if this 1.9 trillion dollars of stimulus that just got tacked on top of the other 1.50 million dollars of <laughs> stimulus, you know, right. But who knows what that's going to do? I mean, it literally, you can't keep printing money and it not have an impact. So won't that create a rise in interest rates? Have we seen that we are in an 18 month high right now in the mortgage uh, rate, uh, the, you know, the yields on uh, mortgage rates are higher uh, today than they have been in the last 18 months. Will that not ultimately impact me and borrowing money from this insurance policy? The answer is no. The answer is no. The answer is it could. <laughs> the answer is it could. If you understand how banks make money, the chances of interest rates going through the roof is very, very slim. Okay. You're going to tell me more about that because I don't believe you. Okay. Well, we don't have uh, probably the ability to show this right now on an audio podcast, but um, you could join us in the inner circle. By the way, if you're not a part of the inner circle, why aren't you like, this is where all the people that are on this same path to learning infinite banking are joining together and they're constantly learning every single week. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash inner circle. Join today. You have a seven day free trial. You got nothing to lose. You get, you need to get with us, but anyway, get in, get into the inner circle where we can go through this and we can show you literally by math from the 1980s to today, Banks are making more money at this low interest rate environment than they ever did when rates were, you know, 20% to the, uh, to the banks back in the eighties to where they are today. They're earning like 3% on a mortgage. They're making more money today than them. Okay. Whatever. I, I'm moving on to my next I got to show it with, with calculus. Yeah. I, I, I don't have to see it. You have to show it to me later. You can do the calculus later. Yeah. All right. Tell, tell, <laughs> tell me though. You said 4.4 to 5%. I, I can go borrow money at a much lower rate from a bank, right? Use my cash as, as, as collateral, if you will. I can go get a loan against my CD at cheaper than 4.4 or 5%. Why wouldn't I just do that? Great question. So number one, we point out the problem. You're not earning, th earning anything on your cash when it's in the, in the bank account. Well, the other appealing thing to this is when you take an insurance policy loan, you're the owner of the loan. So you control the repayment schedule. Would you rather, when you take a loan against your CD or whatever device that you're borrowing against, be set into a repayment plan? Or would you like to dictate to that to yourself? In other words, would you like to have no repayment plan or would you rather be forced into one? I don't like to be forced into anything. I don't even like where you're going with this question. <laughs> <laughs> and when you said device, is that what CD stands for? Cash device? If, if you want it to mean that, I guess you could. <laughs> but how is the interest calculated? 
Bart? The interest that the life insurance companies generate is simple interest. All right. So simple interest means it's going to accrue daily and it will compound annually. So every single day that you have dollars outstanding in a loan is generating interest that goes into a little ledger. So if you generate, you know, $5 worth of interest today, okay, you have the same amount outstanding tomorrow, same amount, that's another $5. And so that just goes into like a little side ledger, right? This is the way that my mind works through it. Now, at the end of your policy year, you'll get a notice from the life insurance company that says, hey, by the way, so let's just say it was $10,000. You, uh, you didn't make any payments whatsoever, so you have $10,000 outstanding. It's been out for an entire policy year. So $10,000 at 5%, you owe $500 in interest. Now, Russ saying that he wanted to go get a better rate, well, don't forget along the way, like Ernie said, the bank was saying, hey, Russ, by the way, um, it's time for that monthly payment. How's that coming along? Um, hey, Russ, by the way, it's the end of the year. You now owe interest, you need to pay. If Russ doesn't pay, he could potentially default and the bank could go after some of his other possessions. The life insurance company is gonna say, hey, do you wanna pay some, none, or all of this? Up to you, dealer's choice. So if Russ elects to say, man, it's just been a really bad year, you know, COVID-19 has turned into COVID-38, it's double strength, right? So now he's like, I just don't have any money. Um, man, I'm gonna have to punt this ball a little bit farther. Life insurance company says, don't worry about it, Russ, COVID-38, we got you. Um, so they take his 10 grand and the $500 of interest that has accrued, since he doesn't make any payment, it's now going to compound. So that $10,000 loan is now going to grow to include the $500 in interest and his new starting balance is 10,500. And now we do 10,500 at 5% simple every single day. Can, can so I add a little caveat sure. to that, Mark? The other part of that, that simple interest calculation, not to get too far in the weeds, Russ, but I know that you want to know this and I want to leave something out. That 5% is an annual amount that if you made any amount of principal reduction throughout the year, you would never reach the full 5% of the initial loan that you took out. Let me explain. You borrowed the 10,000 out at the beginning of the year and you didn't make any payments. And then all of a sudden halfway through the year, you dropped $5,000 on the principal only midway through the year. Okay. Have you ever done that? Have you ever had a position where you have seasonal income or you have uh, spikes in income and you don't have anywhere to put that excess cash? Well, now you can put it onto this loan balance and now you only owe 5,000 that has now will accrue the rest of the year at that 5% amount. So whereas so many other types of loans, you start off with a $10,000 loan, you own the interest on the full 10,000 over that course of that year. In this case, uh, when you drop that principal on there, you will never pay the full $500 worth of interest throughout that year because you were able to reduce the principal throughout the year. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, again, that's probably another calculation you're going to have to show me. Um, <laughs> since you sell insurance, I don't believe anything you just say. <laughs> you know, what my father-in-law had a saying that liars figure and figures lie. So, and you know, we're going to have to Get, get down. Wait a minute, a wait a minute, wait a minute. Joey's an insurance guy? 
<laughs> he sold a dividend <laughs> with that beard you know he is man come mm. on now come on but here, here's here's one last question i have I, I know that i'm running out of time with you guys i've got to go work up with my financial advisor in a second and talk to him about this <laughs> he's never done it by the way but i got i want to get his opinion never done it said it's a bad idea though <laughs> he's looking into it somewhat partially <laughs> You know, I, with him, I have a, I have some investments and he's told me that I could borrow against those investments through a margin account. Why would I just not use a margin account then instead of this? If I, I get the whole leverage thing, I I'm with you. I, I love other people's money. You know, I mean, if Donald Trump can do it, I can do it. Right. That's the way that, that I feel about that. If, if the, the most wealthy of in, individuals in the world are borrowing money, then I guess I'm stupid if I'm not. So I'm going to use other people's money. Well, but why wouldn't I just borrow money against my already investment account that I have? And I've even heard that those rates are cheaper than this 44 to 5%. So tell me, what's the difference? Why wouldn't I do that? Mark, I think you and I were talking about this yesterday. Yeah. You guys want to tell me about it? If you guys are talking, let's, let's hear it. Well, well, Russ, what is the whole reason that, that, that you're wanting to maybe take out a loan or, or set this thing up? What is the underlying thing you are trying to gain access to? Why would I set up the insurance policies? That's your question. I'm no. sorry. I didn't. You're talking about, Hey, you know, well, you, you've got this life insurance thing that I, I, I could, take out a loan against, or I could do this, you know, this, this margin type account. So yeah. what I'm hearing from you is you're needing access to cash. Yes. Is that a yes. But yeah. Okay. I want, I want access to dollar bills. How much yeah. access do you want? hundred percent. All of it. 100%? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm not going to be able to, you know, help you get hundred percent access, but are you, which would you rather have 30 or 95? 95. I mean, is this a trick question? Are you set me up here? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm just asking you, you know, which of those you're wanting, because if I'm hearing you want as much access to cash as possible, well, the life insurance company through their loan system is going to get you just about up to about 95% access to leverage against the pool of cash you've built. If you look at these other systems, and again, everyone is a little bit different, right? I'm not saying that this is the hard and fast for every single one of them, but the, the one that I've looked at, it was a 30% access. So you've immediately chopped out close to two thirds of what it is you're telling me you want access to. And so my question to you is, is well, that and, and let me add to this, add the same thing here to Mark, that basically a margin account is against an investment vehicle. True? Yeah. So you've got, money that's in some form of a portfolio and that that could adjust the amount that you have access to mark like there's 30 percent or maybe up to 50 or 60 percent depending on the types of investments that you're investing in but what i hear you saying is i have an investment account that i want to leverage to go and invest potentially something else whereas what we're talking about is a cash system the policy is a cash substitute not an investment substitute. And so that's why we're able to leverage a much higher access point. Like you said, Mark, 95% versus this volatile position in an investment account. We're not going to compare apples and oranges with this. We're going cash 
or investment, which one do you want to do? And why wouldn't you use your cash to invest in something else? All right. Well, I think you guys are going to have to prove this to me with math. And if it's all right, I know we we're limited on time right now. I think we have to go into the inner circle. That's right. And if you guys can show me it's possible, I'll buy another insurance policy. <laughs> All right. I'm not opposed to buying insurance policies. It's just I need to understand how how the inner inner workings of these things go. We'll bring it down to your level, Russ. No worries. <laughs> that sounds like a dig. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for for for. for well, well <laughs> I have to dig to get down to that level. Oh man, all I have to do is become the bad guy on the show, and next thing you know, you guys are coming after me full barrels. All right, cool. All right, well, let's jump into the inner circle. As always, thank you for listening in on this episode. And if you would like to see the details, if you're already a member of our inner circle, there'll be a replay to this if you're not watching it live. If you're not, you can join the inner circle. We have a seven-day free trial. Go to wealthwhitewallstreet.com forward slash inner circle. Either join immediately to the community and then get in. Or if you're already a member of the community, you can take advantage of that seven-day free trial as well and watch this replay. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.